0: Hello friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we collaboratively create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty and I'm here with gregarious gadfly, Chris Prunty.
1: Um, you didn't have that typed. I was going to say gregariously gracious if you didn't say anything.
0: Why would I not say anything? Because it's not there. It's the bit, Christopher. It's not there. Yeah. Okay. In our last episode, we talked all about God pacts, uncovering the ins and outs of the magic in our setting. We talked about different magic systems, some good, some bad, while also touching on the overall availability and variety of magic at people's disposal. In today's episode, we continue our talk about magic with some comments from our Reddit thread before diving deep into our main topic, threats. While warmongering and banditry are threats to any civilization, today we're talking about threats that are unique to the land of a thousand gods. What kind of monsters can you expect lurking in the shadows? What environmental effects will devastate poor, unsuspecting villages? And what villainous organizations sit at the center of a tangled web of greed and secrets? Let's find out right after we talk about magic some more. So I, I just want to start out by saying that the response that we got from the Reddit thread was really positive, yeah, really overwhelming. I'm really happy about the people who were able to talk about magic systems that they really liked. And I was just, uh, yeah, I mean, really, I was just kind of blown away at how overall positive the response was from the RPG community. And I just want to say thanks to you guys. And as a result, uh, we're going to be reading some of the comments from that thread. Chris, do you want to take it away?
1: Sure. Uh, has anyone else played Spell? You roll XD6. XD6, count up the total, grab the number of Scrabble tiles, and spell your spell. Then you check to see if it succeeds. You can elect to keep the spell, trade it, go for it. You can put it back in the pile. It's fantastic for Whimsical one-shots or a palate cleanser. I've used it as a gateway for light role-playing. It sparks a ton of creativity, collaboration, and player investment nearsighted beholder was the one who posted this on reddit and uh i love it i think it would be great for runic like spells and everything where people have to combine words or make up words unfortunately as a dyslexic it also terrifies me as all of my spells would be like dig or run which i think i could shoot out really quick spells unfortunately someone's just going to Use a big word.
0: Yeah, I I honestly, I I was looking at this, and I I think I responded to him, and he suggested that I take a look at a module, a a module that he had. Yeah, and I I am going to take him up on that offer. I'm assuming it's him. I'm going to say they from now on. But sexist piece of shit. No, it's not about that. But
1: holders don't have a sex. Actually, they do. Wait, what?
0: Yeah, they absolutely do. How do they fuck?
1: Oh, remember in Doom, the little beholder, how it had that whole cloaca in the back. No. Oh, it did. You Look know. it up.
0: Which Doom? The new one?
1: No, old, old Doom. Uh, the Doom way. where they could get away with a cloaca being on the back.
0: Fair enough. So what I love about this system, or what, I love the idea, and I'm totally going to run this as a one-shot at some point. Actually, we have a game night coming up. I might run it then. Oh. Yeah, just to say, like, fuck it. And I'm going to make up rules. like, I'm actually, that's not true. I'm, what I'll probably end up doing. You read it and
1: claim you made up it.
0: No, no, no. I'll probably just use uh, Dungeon World or Apocalypse... Uh, engine stuff, the 2d6 and then you'd yeah, yeah, and then go from there but I love the idea, I think that if you're looking for runic magic, I love doing something with that Uh, like you said, I mean I'm I'm still not entirely sold on how runic magic is going to fit into our setting, But but as a general
1: rule, like if I was starting fresh I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's do this.
0: Absolutely, I think that's I think it's really fun, I think that overall it might slow the game down a little bit over uh, you know if you're if you're instead of I, I think there has to be some kind of time limit oh, on what route but imagine you're to if use.
1: like you start your day you pick out x amount of words and you can be like all right these are my my spells for the day until we rest again granted we were trying to avoid uh, that style of magic of resting and I have this many spells but I think also in a pinch it could make you go back and be like wait a minute wait a minute I had a word for this i had a word for this index yes
0: yeah I, I think <laughs> not only that but i love the idea of just being able to be creative with the use of the letters and everything yeah. like that but again i'm not sure i'm not entirely sure that this is going to be fitting in our setting but i love the idea and i i'm glad that we shouted this idea out yeah. we had one other comment that we both really really liked and
1: this one also sparked me for ritual magic cuz it has that tinge of it works it works a bunch of the time but there's also when it doesn't work
0: there were a couple of comments like this one that i really wanted that really made me rethink the whole idea of ritual magic in our setting because i think what really sparks my interest about stuff like this is the idea that we're dealing with a living magic that we're uh, let's read the comment and then we can talk a little bit more about it go ahead
1: i enjoy the magic system in warhammer fantasy i would really love to play a caster just because of the risk involved there are no spell slots or limitation, and your PC skill is how much of a risk they're willing to take for the spell. Right off the bat, you can cast powerful spells if you've learned it, but you must take the time channeling the energy which increases the chance of a roll being a miscast, which can have humorous results or instant death. It truly feels like you're channeling a powerful force of nature and it won't always bend to your will. This post was made by R Not Alone.
0: Yeah. And like like I was saying, I love the idea surrounding the fact that it's kind of a living thing. And with ritual magic specifically in our setting, I think that that could really work in terms of, yeah, the, this is the aspect of the ritual that doesn't always go 100%. Like if you have a caster who is competent enough, or if you have a, a, a cadre of casters that are competent enough, then yeah, your ritual is going to go ahead and work no problem. But then You're also like literally wielding the forces and the ritual, like you're acting as conduit. And sometimes, you know, you're able to, or maybe even akin to something like an art form where you're, you know, you, you have a painter. Sometimes that painter is going to be really good and he's going to be able to paint a masterpiece with the divine energy. He's wielding other times. He's just going to stick figure with boobs. And uh, that's what you end up with. I, I think that, this kind of thing that I think we'd have to explore it a little bit more that, you know, why is this divine energy that he's, that they're tapping into? Why is it so unwieldy? Why is it so dangerous compared to something like the God pact magic that we're dealing
1: with? I, I could see scale. And also you're not going into a permanent agreement. So the God doesn't have you by the short hairs, as it were, you are trying to impose something upon the God. Because if your God was willing to do this, no questions asked. He might come out and do it himself. Yeah, whereas here you're just like, "Come on, need you?"
0: Yeah, I could, I could see something along the lines of you're tapping into something that is raw and you know primal, as opposed to the God Pact being a forced and concentrated. I, I suppose that's why we need the the Pact in general, is because otherwise you're dealing with. Something that is just so raw and powerful you can't handle it otherwise.
1: And also, the God Pact, as we discussed in that, the God's getting something out of it.
0: That's true. Whereas I, I suppose this, there's a, little more give a and one-way take.
1: street. Yeah. Whereas it's like, okay, just don't take any more than you need. Yeah, there you go. All right.
0: I, I, I suppose so, yeah. I actually think that that's, uh, again, thank you so much for Reddit for coming out and kind of talking about magic systems with us and welcome to those of you who found us through that and yeah next time if if you do want to email us outside or if you want to get in contact with us outside of reddit you can always email us at worldbuildwithus@gmail.com and we're we're pretty good about getting your voice heard and if you want to provide input or suggestions i would love to hear from our listeners i think that that's one of the biggest things that as we're kind of coming up we're struggling with a little bit just because you know we're we don't get so many listeners and engagement is kind of low, yeah, yeah. but that's fine. Like I, I still love sitting down and collaboratively world building with you, my friend, Chris. That's yeah. Yeah. Aww. But speaking of, I want to talk about threats now. <laughs> so we each came up with three threats. Uh, I did one monster, one environmental hazard and one organization. And I think Chris, you did the same. Yeah. 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 So before we get into what we have, I would like to talk a little bit about what we're trying to avoid when it comes to this particular setting, when it comes to cliches or other monsters or other world-ending threats that we'd like to avoid, if at all possible. What do you think you'd want to start with?
1: Well, I think one of the things that we agreed on right off the bat was we wanted to avoid the Blight, the Horde, the... Mongolian masses just at the gates. Uh, Granted, those can be things in a tribal aspect or uh, there can be a country that is invading a certain area. But I don't think we want the the Zerg, the mindless.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's one thing for sure that I definitely wanted to avoid is I wanted to stay away from Tyranids. I wanted to stay away from Zerg. I wanted to stay away from monster hordes specifically. I,
1: I mean, the closest we got to that was the Forgotten of where i feel like they're numerous but also i feel like they mind their own damn business
0: right i don't think that they're going to be surging up onto the service and attacking things
1: yeah I don't, I don't think that's
0: going to be happening i really see them kind of like almost more like a natural effect almost in certain cases
1: oh yeah like a, a certain risk and reward of it just like oh god these things are here but er, let's go in
0: yeah uh, although i can also see people just being like oh we can just avoid them or just not Where ju- if you saw one
1: out in the woods you'd be like the fuck yeah well uh, why would it be in the woods that's what i mean oh man yeah, yeah.
0: that's fair enough You
1: just created this and still you're just like the uh is anyone else that is actually creepy in, yeah. a, in like in the world feel of this i'd be like i don't know what's going on i would I'm freaking out I,
0: yeah i would certainly feel disconcerted there <laughs> The other thing that we wanted to avoid for now are, uh, of extra planar creatures, angels, demons, genie elementals, kind of jinn. Jinn, Yeah. What I was trying to avoid because we don't, we don't have the planar wheel. We just have the prime earth. So to speak, or the, the, the planet, the pli- the prime material plane, and then we'll have a land of the dead. That's, that's kind of the only two worlds that I see only two planes of existence that I seeing. So I don't see a reason to have angels and demons and whatnot, unless they're bound to the material. plane.
1: I, I agree with that completely. What about ghost?
0: See, I was actually thinking about this because if I'm looking to avoid
1: demons and angels and an afterlife that is known, I mean, granted it's known that there is something because mm-hmm. you have the, uh, Ashbourne.
0: Yes. If that's the case, man, that's actually a very good point because I I, I was thinking about a little bit. And if anything, I wanted it to be closer to like the...
1: Spirits, possibly like uh, Japanese folklore spirit kind of I was actually
0: thinking of like the Mexican folklore of the Land of the Dead, where you can, like as a mortal, you can traverse there back and forth a little bit.
1: Where it's not necessarily a separate plane, but a different state. I think would be the closest,
0: something like that. I think that we'll ha- we'll have to talk about that later when we get a little bit deeper yeah, into it, because uh, today we're talking about threats. A little dog ear
1: in that. Yeah, exactly.
0: And-, and and I think that's always the fun thing is that we can always come back to what we. I mean, yeah, dog ear. can have a whole
1: episode about death. It'll be so happy. Yeah.
0: I mean, look, if I can take a semester of genocide in my high school class, I'm sure that we can have an episode about death and be fine with it. That
1: explains. So much.
0: It was actually a great class, too. I would. Oh, yeah. And it was. Punch and pie. And... Well, no, I mean, it was it was called International Politics and Debate.
1: Okay. So it wasn't like Genocide 101. No,
0: but one he devoted a, a solid third of that class to genocide. And I actually am very grateful that he did. No, no, that's okay.
1: Like, It's yeah. just more of if your high school was just like, oh, yeah. Did you take your genocide class yet?
0: You know, now that I think about it, I kind of look at that class and I think that That in my forensics class, also in high school, made me really jaded because it was like, hey, we're dealing with dead bodies and blood spray. We had actually, that was my favorite science course I've ever taken because blood spray, we literally did like you take a sponge and you attach it to a hammer and you go bang and you see the the blood. It was amazing. I, it was, it was a great class. My
1: school was more of a just like go out into the shed, by the way, prepare yourself for manual labor. Yeah, no. Get we, to the mines, Chris.
0: And then the fun thing was when that, uh, when that class started to wind down, it just became, hey, let's watch episodes of CSI. And that was it. It was amazing. It was a great class. But that in international politics and debate definitely jaded my 14, 14 16. I was 16 when I graduated high school. My 16-year-old mind.
1: Angsty. little.
0: Oh, I was very angsty. But yeah. also I was just miserable all the time. I hated high school. I was, uh, we'll get into that later. Talking about threats, threats to my, my emotional distress is what it comes down to. Chris, what's your first threat? What do you want to start with?
1: So I'm not sure if you wrote it out in the exact order that I wrote it in my little book here, but I have environmental threat as my first one.
0: All right. I started with a monster. So that's fine. All right, Go ahead cool. with your environmental threat. I'll throw out mine after you're done.
1: So, uh, the names that I have for it were city breaker a Desolation Storm, a Divinity Storm.
0: I like Desolation Storm.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're shopping the name, but Desolation Storm was the underline. Uh, I wanted it, it... The idea behind it is I almost don't want people to know exactly how it formed, but the running theory of the folklore thing is that a bunch of storm gods kind of combined or started combining... And it just became a perpetual storm that just Mm -hmm. seems to flow around the world.
0: Is it constant or is it like, does it dissipate and then reform?
1: It is constant, but moving and it seems to follow almost no pattern.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now what happens when a city is in the path of the storm? Are they just entirely destroyed or is it a
1: matter of, can, can you redirect this thing? How does it work? So I believe that there can be like a wall of faith that goes up or it's one of those things. It's kind of like you can prepare for a tsunami, but when it happens, there's, there's loss of life. There's destruction. And I don't want to say that the gods are powerless to stop it because that's not really the gods MO. Right. But I do want it to be like people almost uh, like storm take you or just like, whoa, do you know what happened to that uh, caravan that went out? They got uh, caught up in a, in a in a desolation storm. And I also would like it to, exp- like, maybe since I wanted it to be somewhat conscious as a being that people feel, that maybe it spends a lot of time out in the ocean. Maybe it spends some time high up in the mountains. Because think of it as a storm that is taking the place of a dragon. It's almost it's a living storm. So- yeah, it, yeah, it sleeps somewhere, it goes away, but the storm is still active. And say that someone's watching the mountaintop and going just like, our priests say that they saw the desolation storm on the move again. And people are just like, oh no. I, I like
0: that idea a lot. I, I think that'd be pretty fun. And I love the idea that it's essentially a living storm, that it's essentially a dragon. I like, I like putting it like that when it's a dragon. Because I've always felt that dragons are... Certain depictions of dragons are really lame. I like the idea of dragons, but I love the way that uh, the iron kingdoms handles them a lot better where they're essentially living catastrophes and they're so massive that they boil seas. And I love the idea that a storm does essentially the same thing. Now, what kind of storm were you thinking? Is this a hurricane? Is it like a thunderstorm lightning storm? Does it change depending on where you are? How does it work hmm. exactly?
1: So in my eyes, my original depiction of this was Hail, thunder, lightning, lightning bolts hitting rock that then send it crackling up into the air. Uh, hailstones so massive that they are, like, denting cars.
0: thunder snow.
1: Thunder snow yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, so it's basically every bad storm you've ever had.
1: Yeah. Pitch black clouds in the sky. Love it. White crackling ball lightning that streaks out across it. Absolutely. I want it to be the kind of thing that... When people look in it, they stop in their tracks and go, just like, "Oh,"
0: and then yeah, I get, it's like the movie Twister, where where you finger of God, yeah, exactly, cool. All right, so for my environmental effect, I also had mine be the result of a failed divine coalescence.
1: Uh, point of order: people aren't sure if it is a failed coalescence; it could have also been a successful because some people. In a strange way, I pray that it never comes here.
0: Cult of the Desolation Storm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So mine mine was absolutely a failed divine coalescence. And mine was between the God of tides and the god of madness. So what ended up happening is there is this there is now this thing called the blood mist, where it anyone who breathes in this mist while they're in it completely lose their mind and uh, go crazy with bloodlust. So you'll be sitting there and a fog will roll in and let's say that a mother breathes it in, instantly murders her family and then once the fog dissipates, it's now she's back to normal. Although she's probably been scratching and biting at whatever she can get blood from. The fun thing about this, not fun, but the, 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 the thing that I like about this more is that it it, it all, like your desolation storm it seems to have a kind of keen intellect to it where it will follow a regu- because it's it's blood red so you can see it coming and you can prepare for it but if, if the you the
1: fogs in front of it you're just like is there a red tinge in that f- oh
0: right fog. exactly it actually sneaks in with regular fog and obviously this doesn't go mainland very often Typically it sticks to the oceans, to the, to the coastal areas, and then occasionally hit landfall. But for the most part, it's, it's kind of just, now this is something I wanted to make sure that you could prepare for, but only if you see it coming. So pirates or seamen or whatever, they, they know when they're traveling on the high seas, they're going to bring scarves and it's all about breathing it in. So if you, if you wear a scarf, if you cover your mouth, then that's not a problem. You'll you'll be able to stave off the effects until that blood mist kind of goes away. But let's say you're in a coastal town and all of a sudden you're caught out in the middle of nowhere, with without your scarf, without a way to cover your mouth. Now you're gnawing on a bar, on a livestock animal because you just can't help yourself. You're scratching and clawing at a cow trying to get at its sweet sweet blood.
1: How do uh, animals react to this?
0: That's actually a very good question. I would imagine similar. Well, no, I, I would imagine it's specific to humans because otherwise you just have, th- that would just be really bad for the animals. I actually feel I would, I don't want to do that. Well,
1: I was just curious if there was like things that live in the mist because when you said blood mist, I, I had recently seen, uh, Stephen King's the mist that, and I was just thinking of those Oh yeah, void spider things.
0: Sure. I, I, acid
1: whips uh,
0: yeah i wasn't really thinking of something that lives in the mist necessarily just because i like the idea more that this kind of springs up in different areas and whatnot Okay. the other thing that i wanted to talk about a little bit was the fact that this prevent this up until recently basically prevented or dissuades coastal travel so it, or long oh, or, and that
1: would prevent the people like Why didn't people go exploring that much? And then certain events were just like, no, we now know how to provisions. We have the ships that are capable of being sealed in some way. Or even just
0: fast enough that you can easily sail through the blood fog. Oh, that's true. Or the blood mist, rather.
1: Rather than dead air where you're stuck in the blood fog for, like, days.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's actually a very good point. Holy shit, that'd be a brutal existence. Can you imagine, like trying to sneak under deck to eat something, but you can't because the blood mist is there. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That That's, that's the other thing that I, it's, it acted essentially as the, the Superman 64 kryptonite fog where you can't really go out of this area yet. You got to stay within the boundaries. I didn't necessarily mean it like that, but that's more or less what it did. Why and don't you compare wrong.
1: anything you create to Superman 64?
0: Masochism, mostly. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get viewers to or listeners to actually write in and be like, "That's a fucking dumb idea." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's
1: a great idea, champ. Speaking
0: of great ideas, I'm gonna roll straight into my monster because okay. I'm actually very excited about this one. So I had this idea. I wanted something that eats faith, that eats divine energy, and that's the that's kind of the direction i wanted to go with and i didn't and i was trying to think like how how do they do this so what i was what i was trying to get at with this monster essentially i started with this idea that i wanted to have a source of magic outside of the divine and this is where this comes in so this monster essentially devours faith to channel its own dark magics And this is where this, and I started to think of how does it devour faith? It's not going to go and like tap into a ley line or directly go to a God heart and tap into it. It's going to have to find a way to capture and devour that energy from its followers, most likely. Right. And from this case, I was like, okay, well now I'm thinking that it's going to have to also be a shapeshifter because once, and, it, like, once it gets into civilization, there's no way it's going to be able to sneak around and, or, like, without... It's basically going to be lynched immediately. So it has to be a shapeshifter.
1: Is it, like, the glamour it?
0: Kind of. Just
1: instead of fear, it eats faith. That's actually pretty apt.
0: However, I went a different direction with it. Instead of a giant spider, I went... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for avoiding that. Yeah, that's a thing. I actually went with snake people. I came to the table with the Sithris, a race of shape-shifting serpent folk who eat faith and wield dark magics. The idea behind them is that they were created by a god of serpents or god of snakes, and they were just born with this divine, this hunger for divine energy, and... I think it was out of hubris that the God of serpents basically made them. But what ended up happening is after only a couple generations, the cythrus devour their God in an orgy of iconoclastic bloodshed. So you have this race of people who are now godless, but they also understand that, oh, wow, we can devour flesh and become magically enhanced as a result. mm yeah, the fr- and the uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to kind of dive into here because I love the idea that these things are basically vampires, but not, that they're that as a result, we're going to take vampires out of the equation in our setting because to have both of them in the same setting, I think takes away from the uniqueness of both. So in this case, for the most part, devouring flesh is enough to get the divine energy from a follower. However, the Cythras believe themselves to be exquisite. They believe themselves to be civilized, and so of course they're not just going to be biting at one, ripping off an arm and chewing the flesh. They're going to create these. Mm, let me just tell you about it. The... Like they're they're just going to be having the most hedonistic, delic, not, I
1: made this deacon into a praline. It's quite exquisite. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And they're going to have rituals, not the magical kind, but just rituals surrounding food and hedonistic orgies surrounding the devouring of these particular faithful. And I love that idea. I love the idea that these are civilized things that also just enjoy that they don't enjoy. Because the thing is, They could get away with just eating regular food. But, yeah, exactly. They're not cursed like vampires where it turns into ash. It's, they are, they could eat regular food, but they crave the divine energy from followers. So they seek it out. And there's this, I I like the idea that you're adding layer on top of layer on top of layer. Like that you're creating all these mental gymnastics in their own head. But it makes sense.
1: Do they, so... It's good. They crave it. Is there something that is beyond the psychological addiction to it? Are they addicted to it?
0: No, but I think that there would definitely be
1: like a psychological, just like, why would I not want to feel like this? Fuck off.
0: Well, I think what happens is that their power, when, when they devour divinity, they also empower themselves in a sense that they, I was thinking that they're shape-shifting That's the first level, of 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 what they get essentially. So like the first phase of their evolution, they devour divinity. They now have the ability to shapeshift, and they only get more and more powers the the more they uh, essentially devoured faith. Hmm. The other thing that I wanted to think about, or at least I had in mind, was this idea that the human that they can also bestow their magic onto humans. And in this sense, you're also creating ghouls, essentially. Not in the traditional undead sense, but in the idea that...
1: I want some of this power. Give me this power. Okay, here's a little bit. Here's a taste.
0: Exactly. And you're also creating a cannibalistic ritual because the Sithris, in order for them to be like, oh yeah, you want some of this power? Eat this divinity that we've prepared for you. It doesn't physiologically affect them, but it's more of a mental and spiritual and emotional connection that you're creating like it's you're you're essentially saying to these humans there's no going back and they are still human in all physiological sense but in every other sense of the word they've become ghouls Mm. building on top of that the idea that if you see like i imagine that if you're encountering these things you're going to be encountering the ghouls first and then eventually be like oh shit ghouls that means that Sithrus are around And so you now have to figure out, is this the shape-shifting kind? What kind of magic? Who are they eating? Who's been missing? Et cetera, et cetera. How old?
1: How powerful?
0: Right. And not only that, they can easily infiltrate a lot of cities and operate essentially undetected.
1: Mm. Uh, So I was going to go into my monster, but the segue seems better for my organization. Really? Yeah. So the name of my organization, I was... Going to call the Karen. Dolman.
0: Sorry, the Karen. Yeah. As in, I need to speak to your manager, no, Karen? No,
1: no, no. Okay. More, more, more like a tomb.
0: Oh, Karen.
1: Did I say it wrong?
0: You said Karen, like the, the the meme. Oh. Yeah, Karen. I've been saying
1: that wrong. Oh, boy. My entire life.
0: Oh. It's Karen. Karen. No, Cairn. Karen. 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 No, there's no e.
1: It's Cairn. 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 Cairn.
0: You're getting there.
1: Karen. Well,
0: I'm sure that I'm going with Dolman.
1: The... Dolman. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's let. That's a better idea. So, okay, so the Cairn. go ahead.
1: I had based them off of humans. Humans who, for all intents and purposes, uh, try to hunt down divine magical objects, god packs, god hearts, if they can. They are attempting to. Hoard them, capture them, and keep them. Uh, Their name is kind of based on the tomb, the stone that is placed on top, because they're keeping them, containing them, uh, and they're trying to be like, no, humanity has to go its own way. You say that we should fear the Sitharists. I say that we should fear them just as much as the gods themselves, for Mm -hmm. they all want to use us. You can only see that their use is clear when it comes to the ones that devour their followers. We mm. have no idea what lies beyond the veil. Or maybe we do. We're getting to that. But I say humanity first. Or, you know, any of the races that don't know. Okay. So- also, it was to go into a more way of maybe these are more of those people who want to branch outside of this Divinity? civilization. Because we had talked about how people wanted to go to the New World possibly to escape this Oh
0: yeah that that's true. Now when you say that this is an organization devoted to capturing all of these divine essences divine relics etc are they using them as well or are they just keeping them away?
1: I think if they are used they're for the explicit purpose of trying to gather more. Okay. So each one is kind of like a tactical nuke that they bring out. They're like it it's better to destroy this. This one's too risky. Uh, but I also want it twofold in this, that they're spoken about as kind of boogeymen for lesser gods, like the small village ones. And that's know,
0: actually kind of fun because then you get this idea that, Oh, did you hear the town next door to, or like the next town over lost their God in the middle of the night? Wait, what happened to the God heart? No one knows. It's just gone.
1: And also, for all other purposes, since it's mostly humans and everything, I wanted the kind of... uh, uh, I was conjuring a bit of the Illuminati, the the stonemasons, a secret society of people that Mm. are doing things that if they were found out in almost every city, they would be burnt as heretics and they would be like, all right, tell us where the other ones are. So to be accepted into this order is kind of like... Big deal. Like, it's not like a huge organization, but clearly, once it built up and got momentum of maybe two God hearts, suddenly the snowball, oh, it started a snowball effect where it was just like, all right, yes, we can do this. Can he be trusted? Yeah, he can.
0: So, these are very powerful people that we're talking about. Not necessarily in a physical sense, but in a way that is.
1: At the very least, they're people who are trying to rival gods. Hmm. The arrogancy of it is, but also in a sense, I I always like to give them motives. It's just like, I just believe that we shouldn't treat gods any different than I treat my fellow men.
0: Right. I, I, I could even see, I mean, if you want to get into the people in this organization, I could also see something along the lines of, oh yeah, well, there's a Senator or there is even a King, or I could even see someone who is God pacted working as a member of this because, oh, of course you're going to trust someone who's god-pacted. I mean, look at that. Now, this could... I'm not going to get into I it. I just but happen
1: to be god-pacted with the god of chaos.
0: Not just chaos, but I mean, as long as it doesn't go anathema to their beliefs, I mean, you could go with a couple of different types of gods. And, yeah, I mean, I th- you could even do law or order because all you're really looking for is to keep order within the universe. And as long as you don't fuck with you know, the chaos too much. I can see it as, yeah, And without any organization chaos.
1: With, with any organization, you can compartmentalize it enough where you could be like, this god-backed person may not even know that they're working
0: for them. Oh, yeah. Wheels yeah. within wheels. Yeah. Sure. That sounds really cool. Hey. Yeah. All right.
1: Secret societies.
0: Yeah. What's your monster?
1: So my monster, even though you've said what I came up for is its name a few times, uh, the Anathema. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I... I, I didn't want to uh, tug on one of your ideas too much, but uh, the idea for this is kind of based on, uh, if you've ever seen the Angelarium, I'm not sure if I can be quoted for the Angelarium. I, I don't, I don't it, know it was the Angelarium. The, Im- the images that I sent you. That oh, okay. I was having a hard time of how to describe that, but I wanted to conjure up uh, the Eternals, the, uh, the what what is it, in uh, D&D, the Inevitables?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The inevitables are extra planar from the law, from the plane of law, where let's say that you sign a contract, but you renege on the deal. The inevitable is there to be like, no, you signed that contract. But it's some happening. of the
1: inevit- inevitables were also for uh, death. Everything must yes. eventually die. So right. Thing and so if
0: a- you're a lich and you're trying to escape death, then the inevitable comes to make sure that you're put down and you are inevitably...
1: Oh, but I like the fact of how they looked. They looked uh, almost alien but human at the same time. They mm. looked beautiful but terrifying. Weirdly clockwork months. in some yeah. ways for uh, some of them, yeah. Organic but metal. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. And the idea that I had behind them uh, were going to be everything from humanoid to bestial in nature. And the running theory of what they might be is uh ashenborn that were brought back wrong Mm -hmm. like they they didn't fully come back they didn't come back with their mind or what happens if an animal were to come back
0: or even something along the lines of maybe this is the this is what the ashenborn all inevitably turn into because i imagine that these things are fairly powerful yeah oh yes yeah so it's a matter of and what are what are their powers and everything what are they what do they do exactly
1: So the powers that I wanted to give them were somewhat dependent on what they looked like. So for some of them, I wanted it to be that, say, if you've ever read the SCP... I have. I
0: have read some SCPs in my life, yeah. uh,
1: There is one of them where there's these unclean things, these giant torsos that are also dripping heads... That is one of the ideas that I had a picture of one in my mind.
0: I was just thinking the Ikea one, but yeah, that makes sense too. Okay, Of
1: where this uh, giant torso is running on two of its limbs and just beastly uh, going to grip and destroy things. So it's just incredibly powerful, incredibly strong. But then there could also be one that is just a many-hand looking uh, humanoid-sized one that seems to float slightly above the ground and but it is a term that is used for all of them because the one thing that seems Mm. to be about them is that the whole not-quite-organic, not-quite-metal kind of look of them.
0: In a lot of ways, these are essentially demons of the setting, it sounds like. Maybe less... How intelligent are these things we're talking about?
1: In my mind, I picture them having bestial intelligence.
0: Okay. So we're talking about Titans from Attack on Titan at this point. Correct, but there's
1: also the... What were they called? The Abnormal Titans?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the
0: giraffe one, right? Oh, you haven't gotten that far. Okay. There
1: is not a giraffe one. Fuck you if there's a giraffe one.
0: There's a whale one and a giraffe one. Shut up. No. I mean...
1: No. There's like an armored one, a beast one.
0: I can't wait for you to see that fucking giraffe. I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm going to
1: Google this right after this. I'm going to laugh so hard. not dead. <laughs>
0: All right, so so the anathema, there are 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 we talking huge? How how big are these things exactly?
1: I wanted it to scale from large to huge.
0: Okay, that's so. What where do they go? What's their goal? No one knows. They just kind of cause yeah, chaos. I,
1: I like to draw on the whole unknown bestial. Uh, people see them and go like, eh, let's you know go this way. Or maybe they come across one and think it's a statue or something.
0: I also like the idea that there's someone who might be seemingly manipulating them into, you know, kind of guiding them in a certain direction. Or even the idea that you're using one as a guardian beast sounds pretty fun.
1: Also, I do like the different stories. Like, I don't know if you picture this, but I wanted people uneasy from the Ashenborn.
0: I think that's kind of built into how they work. Yeah, and that's how they look. So yeah. I wanted
1: people to be like, "Oh, those are those are failed Ashenborn that came back or they're the fusing of several Ashenborn souls." But it could also Ooh. be no, no, it's a failed coalescence because I love where people don't know what sure. things are in a story.
0: I, I agree with that. I think like, that like the folklore of it
1: just like No, that's god.
0: And everyone has their own kind of ideas or their own kind of
1: put their own explanation prejudice. on yeah. it
0: yeah for sure that's really cool all right now finally i've got my organization and you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to bear with me for a little bit it is a honey guild
1: or rather and this is a threat
0: or rather that's how it started
1: <laughs> listen hive collapse
0: no no is no, no, no. A serious problem yeah no, no.
1: the bees are dying everyone it's true. The bees are dying. It's
0: true. And in our setting, that's probably a good thing. Because here's what happens. I had this idea that there is this multinational spanning guild or organization that is essentially like the the East India or the West Indian Trade Company. They are ruthless. They are in competition for goods. They are exploitative. And they are Just cutthroat, fucking up other people's economies at a whim, sometimes for fun.
1: Fantasy Monsanto.
0: More kind of basically fantasy hypercapitalists, like the bad kind of hypercapitalist. These are the no regulation. We are just going to take what we want. And they are allowed to organize and they are allowed because they have so much money. And this is why they started out as a honey guild long ago. The, or not long ago, but like the first person, he was just a really good merchant, created the best honey around, and as a result, kind of grew his business. His offspring realized that his, his their father was a good person. And as a result, Could saw
1: that... capitalize on as much...
0: Well, no, they realized that they couldn't really do as well with the bees as, as their father could. And so instead of honey started getting into wax, started getting into wax products and also still producing honey. And then eventually what happens is their rival has the big contract, which is basically a nation's contract, like the Royal contract, so to speak. And this person realizing that they're about to lose everything. They, they sabotage a seal, a wax seal on a very important document. And essentially the seal comes undone and people read it and a war breaks out. And this was all done intentionally so they can go to the nobles. They can go to the kingdom and say,
1: we never break our seals.
0: If you, if you had used our wax, You could have avoided this whole war. And so they gain the contract and all of a sudden, bit by bit, piece by piece, they start to create their empire of coin out of this. Can you imagine how fucked up and ruthless you have to be to start a war costing hundreds, if not thousands of innocent people's lives because you want your business to grow?
1: What did you say at the beginning of this recording?
0: I mean, I said a lot of things. I, I think I started with "Hello, friends." No,
1: during the test, Bush did nine eleven. Jet fuel. No. <laughs> oh, God damn it! Wake up, sheeple. <sighs> okay, you can edit that out. It's okay. It's I'm okay. probably editing that out. What?
0: Uh, well, I'm gonna. Well, you said Bush did nine eleven, so I'll probably leave that part in. All right. Yeah. Get okay. get you put on a list.
1: I'm already, we went back about that's how true. everyone that's who true. has ever made an RPG.
0: Getting back to the organization. I had, I, I, I love this idea that there is a, it, because when you think of Honey, when like, when you think of Honey, it's like, it's so cute and innocent, right? This reminds me of Corp. Kind like of. Futurama, where it's just like,
1: huh, we're the bee's knees.
0: Yes, except there's no, like, except when you see the insignia of a bee
1: it's like seeing the west india company where people were just like oh shit oh
0: fuck yeah ex- that's exactly like it's not mom corp has the veneer of civility and cuteness and it's kind of like no we're just a ruthless corporate corporation whereas this honey traders guild they are completely ruthless and everyone knows it
1: no i get that they started as a uh, honey people but did they keep the name
0: I haven't settled on a name yet. I'm imagining that we just name them after the family, which I also haven't named yet. Mm. But the idea is they are ruthless and they have now expanded their empire to essentially just economics in general. So they're childs. No, I was thinking more like Bilderberg group, Okay, you know, kind of, kind of just like super wealthy, have a ton of sway with or without divinity. They don't need magic. They just have all sorts of money, all sorts of fingers in every single pot, so to speak.
1: Once again, seeing a little bit of synchronicity. How do you figure? Well, I mean,
0: oh, with yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I oh yeah, I'm sure that there's some overlap.
1: Yeah, I was like the Freemasons and Illuminati or uh, New World Order
0: and look, every every skull and bones has a Freemason, you know, to to kind of counteract them. And I think. But in this case, mine are operating out in the open. Everyone knows that they're bastards. Oh. Yeah, they're not... No, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's some shadowy intrigue happening. But in my case, no, they're out in the open. If they come in, they're like, look, we own this town now. They wear it as a badge of honor. They literally wear badges with with a little bee on them. (laughs) That's what I was thinking.
1: I... I just love the fact that it's such an innocent symbol would be turned into something intimidating. Oh
0: yeah. That's that's what I was going for. Oh,
1: but you know what? When you make it like a hyper realistic bee, suddenly it become like it freaks you out a little bit.
0: Of course. And then not only that, I was thinking about how they'd be costumed and everything like that. I was thinking about like noble women who are wearing, you know, kind of like striped but a subtle layering of stripes, and then they could be wearing a veil to kind of indicate it's kind of like a beekeeper's yeah. outfit. And then, of course, you have the weapons. I mean, you can have a rapier, you can have a spear, something to emulate Stinger. the sting. Of course, Uh-oh. of course. Yeah. Okay, as
1: long as it's not like... Actually, no, I kind of... Re- I really like...
0: What? Whoa,
1: whoa. A- aim. aim. Aim? Oh, yeah. Hydra. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah Hail Hydra. We're doing the... Sim- you, you can't see us, but we're doing, we're doing the Hail Hydra symbol. Yeah. Or uh, salute, rather.
1: With both arms. With both arms, With definitely. Both arms. It's very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we that is very important that we. Maybe we should just not do that in the future, <laughs> <laughs> just so there's no our neighbors looking through the window right now, just like.
1: <laughs> I did get my uh, my nephew to sell say it, hail Hydra.
0: Did did he did you make him like whisper we, it? Yes. Okay, that's the important yes. thing. Yeah, you have to. He yeah. laughs
1: every time he says it. <laughs> He's just like. Hey, hey! I have a secret. Hey, I
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I remember when uh, when that came out, and they did. I I remember seeing a coworker of mine who is also a big comic book nerd, and I like dapped him up, and I came in for the um, no no I, no I didn't even I'm like hey good to see you I haven't seen you in so long, and I dapped him up, and I came in close and like, Hell, and he just lost it. He just started cracking up. Man, that's fun. It's fun to do. It, it is very fun to do, and. What's not fun, this organization that I've made, they're complete bastards. But I I like the fact that they're out in the open. I like the fact that they're not just a physical threat. They're going to buy and sell your land and they're going to make you miserable and turn you into serfs. But, But they also
1: have people, the serfs, who are not really, they're not intimidating people at all.
0: Of course. For the most part, they, I mean, yes, they have skull crackers and everything like that. But for the most part, their their main methodology is going to be buying and selling people and everything like that.
1: Now, one of the things that I'm not sure, like, I feel like if I was creating a character in this world, you would hate me. Because I would really want to go Batman-style villain with this and just be play someone who is just, like, he refers to all of his workers as drones. And people, like, even other people within the organization are just like... Uh, He's taking a little too. God, man. Yeah. No, Listen, well, why not? We Do this for the symbology, and I get that, man. But y- you really like you call your wife your queen bee, and it's just oh, some of the other people. Some people at the office are. When really you say starting... Batman
0: villain, I was thinking. No, like, I mean
1: like 1950s. Yeah,
0: yeah, not...
1: Yeah! <laughs> oh, it's
0: Calendar Man before the long Halloween reboot. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh man! All right. I think that we've done a, a really fun and interesting job kind of laying down extra threats to the world. Is there anything else that we that we want to kind of talk about? Well, I think these are all really unique, and I love the idea that we've also added political intrigue as well to these.
1: I think uh, one of the things that we can pose to the listeners slash to the Reddit thread when we create it is what is your favorite threat in your campaign? What's your favorite threat in science... Science fiction, fantasy, or anything. Yeah. What has been something that you like? Because I know that we talked about not wanting to do the Zerg, not wanting to do the uh, the kind of mindless horror. I do horror.
0: I was going to say orcs from Warhammer because they're essentially just the same thing, just a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, but you love
1: the orcs from Warhammer.
0: Yeah, but I don't... Actually, that's only half true. I only like them because they're dumb. Yes, yes. They're and they're dumb great. and fun. Yes. Okay. okay that's, they do, they that's do a fair. good
1: job of like putting a lampshade on it of where yes. it's just like, it's just my name's more darker.
0: Yeah. Wrong. Like that's you
1: stupid kid.
0: Yeah. Right. Because they make them fucking have the Jordy accents and I, shit. Like it's
1: just great.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Like that, but that's but that's the thing. That's the fun thing about them. But other than that, like they're you kinda... are... <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. the The collective psychic belief thing in Forty K is also pretty it's interesting. really. As well.
1: it, why does? How does it work? It just does because they believe it works. Right. 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 I,
0: I think that's. I think that's. That separates them a little bit from a regular. I. I think that's the just problem that them. I have. The horde. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm trying to stay away from that because I love reading history where it's like actually, the Mongols did a lot of really important things for the modern world. Yeah, there's a great book on uh, Genghis Khan that I am blanking on, but I will leave a description to in the show notes because it yeah. is, it's very long, but I listened to it on audible and it is amazing. It's one of those things where it's like, I had no idea uh, about this. And
1: yeah. I, I like the mindless robot hordes, or not mindless in a sense, but kind of like a, have you ever heard of the optimized Paperclip maker or uh, stapler maker? I, for, I forget. I
0: definitely haven't.
1: So it's uh, one of the things that people fear of, like gray goo or whatever, where uh, some program, some program that we make.
0: What? No, no, your 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 hand was. I was worried that you're going uh, to the
1: microphone. Uh, some programmer just told a automated machine that it needs to make as many of these as fast as possible, as many as possible, as efficiently as possible. And due to some sort of weird line of code, it's just like, all right, well, in order to make it as many as possible, uh, humanity's going to get in the way of me making these paper clips. So I got to take care of this. And it just starts dedicating, like, tracts of land. And it's just like, well, I finished up everything on this planet. What can I do? Well, I'll mine the moon to make more paperclips. And it's just... I like it as a horror aspect of it. Just like, what are these unstoppable robots? It was just like, we must make more paper clips.
0: Yeah, so it's it's essentially a single-purposed robot horror. Yes, okay.
1: uh, I've seen the Reavers, I think... Have you played uh, Dust? Or Endless Space? No. Uh, in it, there was just kind of a progenitor race that made uh, a locust-like soldier. And after their collapse... The locust-like soldier existed that were robots, and it just goes around destroying things because that's all it knows.
0: Yeah, I that's that sounds very common for a lot of things that I've heard before. Is that is that something that you want to see? Because I remember that's basically what we were trying to avoid. In no, the first no, that's place. what
1: I, mean. I like it, but I don't want it.
0: Okay, yeah, no. that I I can see that then. That's Which okay.
1: I I felt like that was a I don't want to shit on something that I love, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: no, this is actually very. Unless she's into
0: that. Wow, how do how do the undead work? Because the undead are such a staple in so many fantasy settings.
1: Got rid of vampires, but I do want to do undead. But what kind of undead? intelligent undead? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in my mind, we we would
0: really have to kind of break down how the cosmology works, because I really want everything to be this from plane. this plane exactly. So I don't mind undead. I don't mind mindless undead. I think they're really fun. I think that we'd have to I, I I'm nervous about liches. I'm nervous about that type of idea, but I also love liches. I think that they're one of my favorite villains in RPGs.
1: It's also hard to do when we're trying to stay away from any sort of arcane magic cuz is this
0: Oh, that's very true. Yeah. How how can you become a how can you become a lich if there's no arcane magic to kind of Fuel your spite phylactery.
1: What are you doing? Did you kill a god? Oh, Oh, man. Did you replace your heart with a god heart?
0: Actually, now that we're getting into that, we really need to start thinking about liches because, man, liches have the potential to be super fucking badass in this setting. Mm. I think undead in general. How so?
1: Well, I think undead are important enough that... we. Granted, we can do the segue topics into... How, how do we see afterlife? What do we agree on yeah. in afterlife? We've already said no resurrection re- magic, which is yes. funny for something that's so heavily set in the divine. But I think uh, death. How much do people know about the other side? Is it unknown? Mm-hmm. Why are the gods silent on it? Mm-hmm. I Because, I mean, plenty mm-hmm. of people are going to be like, hey, God, it's me, Chris. What happens when we die?
0: And that God heart is just like nothing.
1: Oh, I heard chewing and it terrified me. Oh, wow. That's way worse. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, what I, what I was getting at is I imagine that every God has their own dogma, their own idea behind what happens after you die. But for the most part, it's more of like your soul becomes part of the God heart. And then that is, I imagine.
1: That's not too from certain aspects of Christianity
0: right I mean it's it's you're basically with God. right you're essentially giving yourself into divinity and you're blending your soul with a collective and that I mean why isn't that eternal paradise as long as your God lives it's paradise for you right because your soul goes on and now we're talking about the idea that the soul exists but Man, this is why a,
1: I think an episode of uh, life death and uh, cosmology
0: is that what we want to do next time
1: yeah I'm fine with that all right. I feel like it's a weird segue from threats, but wh- what what do you do when you're threatened?
0: You pray and you mm-hmm. talk about life, death, and cosmology, praying to God. Yeah, of course. I, I think it's I think it's a perfectly natural segue, and I think it makes sense. And we will talk about that next time. I think that wraps it up for Threats yeah, for yeah, now. I, I think that we have a lot of great ideas and a lot of... Man, there's a lot of... I'm now just going to be thinking about liches. Yeah, I, I and the don't know if
1: you've edited this out of every time, but please like, subscribe, and ring that bell. You don't
0: listen to our podcast. I do listen to our
1: podcast. I just you would don't know. Know, you would if know you edit it. No, I will say it every time in case one day you miss or in case I forget. I listen to it before every time we record just so I have a good memory of last time.
0: Yeah, I, I I do as well. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening to this episode of World Build With Us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you have some badass ideas about cosmology that are coming up in the next episode, please email them to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. I am Rob Hilferty, and I have always been here. With Chris Plenty.
1: You can also email us threats, personal threats, death threats. We'll take it. You can any also kind of email us, send us any threat personal that you want to send us. I would be to I mean, Chris is sensitive, but
0: I'll weed out send the send good ones. Yeah, but
1: I also am masochistic, so you know, just threaten me and I'll listen to it. Yeah, but I also am masochistic, so you know, just threaten me and I'll listen to it I'll yeah. cry about but it later. That sounded really. It's fine. Struck true. I'll listen to it. Well, that sounded really. I'll, I'll cut that part out I'll don't worry
0: I'll or I will just deep. loop it and it'll be the entire episode <laughs> I'll cut that part every time you anyway. am
1: down I'm gonna listen to this I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> every time you're feeling down I'm gonna like, listen I'm so, I'm I'm listening listening to this affirmations it's the opposite else of pain. like wait, affirmations uh, <laughs> it's, I'm listening to All right, someone else alright you know what that's it that's an episode
0: uh, we'll see you next week right, it's you know that's it take care guys we love you very much you work tomorrow guys we love you very much